Okay, so I'd like to introduce a big name in Pittsburgh, a big name in football, Franco Harris, four-time Super Bowl champion. Look, I, this is a guy, you walk into the Pittsburgh airport and there's a statue of him. A Hall of Famer, you all know him for the Immaculate Reception, a 1972 graduate of Penn State University, Franco Harris. Hi, Franco. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Liz. Thank you for that nice introduction and uh, nice, nice to be with you. You know, I'd like to start with you and Joe Paterno and take us back to when you were in school there and what your relationship was like with Joe Paterno. Well, uh, being recruited, uh, I mean, that was quite something back in the, uh, back in the day. So this would uh, uh, be 67, 1967, 1968. I was being recruited by a uh, number of colleges, and uh, and uh, it was a pretty exciting, but <coughs> also a uh, pretty, uh, uh, like I guess I would say, uh, stress, stressful in a way time of time of my life uh, of all these college choices and. And, 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 like, how to decide uh, where to go. Uh, uh, there were uh, uh, no college graduates, uh, as far as I know, in the history of uh, our family on my, uh, on my mother's side in, in, in Italy and my father's side here. Uh, so uh, there was uh, some pressure and... Uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, I kind of enjoyed the experience, and it kind of came down to the uh, last three, and which, and, and, and not in this order, but I'll just say Penn State, Michigan, and Cornell University. And, uh, and, and, and like, like the way through your son, as everybody knows, is through the mother, right? So, uh, uh, you know... That uh, can make a difference, and they know that can make a difference. And so, so my mom being Italian, uh, the uh, Michigan, the, the Michigan, the Michigan coach uh, told my mom, "No, no, no, Joe Paterno, he's not. No, no, he's not. No, he's not Italian. He's Puerto Rican." <laughs> They'll say anything. And and uh, and you know, and then my mom says. You know, in her broken English, and Mr. Paterno, he bringing me the biggest box of chocolate <laughs> I ever, I've ever seen. And I guess just my gut, my gut in the end told me Penn State. And so when I had to tell Cornell and Michigan, you know, and the other, you know, called my choices Penn State, uh, you know, but it, but it, but it was a relief. And going up there to Penn State, tell you what, could not have picked a better time. My freshman year, uh, the team went undefeated and uh, ended up number two in the country. And, I mean, how cool was that? My sophomore year, we went undefeated and number two in the, uh, in the country. And, and, and Joe... Uh, say what Joe was was 
tough. And 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 he ran a a uh, I guess want to say a a tight you know a, a tight program to where uh, uh, what you did in the classroom mattered. I mean his his goal was to graduate his athletes and and like when I remember back in our days we used to talk some you know quite a few times about okay what okay what grades did you get uh, uh, this term and you know which blah 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 you know how do you do this term and uh, and and like that was part of the conversation the education part was a big part of it and like especially when we weren't thinking pro football, right? So this is, you know, 68, 69, uh, pro football, nowhere uh, near, uh, we know where it is today. Uh, and and so I was thinking more about, hey, getting my degree, graduating, and going going to work. And Joe... Uh, you know, was a good motivator. He uh, kind of, you know, set the agenda of you know what we're about, what we what we stand for. Uh, I, I mean, your character was very important, and you have to remember. Well, not you have to remember, but back in 1968, 69. There was a lot going on in the country, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you know. There's a lot of you know civil unrest at that time going on, the Vietnam War going on, women's rights going on. So there was all this going on my freshman year at Penn State, you know, and in my sophomore year, and it was, and like to me. I thought it was pretty exciting, pretty interesting, but uh, and 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 Joe Paterno, uh, uh, if I remember this correctly, you know, you know, met with us players and knew there was a lot going on during this time, and 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 he was saying, "Hey, look, you know, uh, you can look at things." You know, you know, study things. Uh, you know, you know what's going on on like on the college campus, but uh, but remember that you also represent a football team, and 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 you know that uh, that that you know. So you know, keep that in mind as you see what's going on. Uh, around campus, and when you look at at uh, getting involved in things, and so I would like go to different uh, 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 student things, and and like hear speakers, and 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 like read, and all that sort of stuff. So that was very interesting times, but also. As I said, my freshman and sophomore year, we were undefeated and, and, and ended up number two in the country. So, Franco, Franco, um, with regard to, to Joe Paterno and your relationship with him, 
Uh, and you've already stated that, you know, he was a lot about academics and making sure that uh, people uh, followed the rules and didn't embarrass the, the, the football team. It, it's from spoken to you a lot about this over the last many years. Is it fair to say you didn't always get along with Joe Paterno at the time and that your appreciation for what he brought to your life didn't come to full fruition until well after you left Penn State? Is, is that a fair assessment? Well, uh, most of the time, um, uh, well, let me put it this way, uh, John. You know that uh, uh, you know you know when people talk about myself and and Joe, it like it usually refers to one situation where I was, I was late for practice. And, uh, and 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 like Joe Paterno said, well, the next time you lay for practice, you're going to be demoted. And uh, and long and behold, you know, I have to admit I was late for practice, but I felt because I was getting taped, I was getting ready to come out in practice. I mean, I was in the locker room, you know, uh, getting ready. And 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 uh, some people, you know, look at it as I was just trying Joe myself, you know, that uh, I was challenging Joe, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, could have been a little bit of that, but I came out late and, and, uh, and, and on the field, you know, Joe, you know, demoted me. And, uh, and, and, you know, I kind of got, you know, pissed off at that uh but but looking back uh you know, probably more my actions and uh and being a little hard-headed uh like then well i've, I've always uh, noticed i've always noticed franco and, and you've been to a lot more of these ceremonies than i have uh, and being part of the club that is a member of the the pro football hall of fame but I, i've never seen a pro football hall of fame speech where any of you guys ever say, I really want to thank the high school or college coach that was really easy on me uh, because <laughs> they made it possible for me to be a Hall of Famer. Is that, is that the, kind of the way you look at Joe Paterno, that, uh, that, that because he was tough on you, that that actually helped you in the long run? In football and sports, things like that uh, still go on, luckily. And, uh, right. well, and, 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 and the people know that you know, that's what you, know, you have to have. And at Penn State, it was the same, the same thing. You know, you know they demanded a lot, and uh, and and like Joe demanded it with your studies also. And and, and luckily, I never had any you know any issues with that. But uh, I find that hard to believe, Franco. You never had any problem with the studies. Could have done better, no doubt about it, but never had any problems. <laughs> All right. But, uh, but, but Franco. But, 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 but I guess I want to say that uh, so once I graduated, and oh, and like also I want to say that Joe Paterno instilled in my mind, you know, like about always hustling, always, you know, you know, the play's not over till the whistle was blown, you know, like. You always go to the ball, right? You know, 
Harris, go to the ball, go to the ball, go to the ball. Play's not over. You don't stop. You know what I mean? All those, all those little things that uh, made a big difference in you know in my life later on. And but once I graduated, and 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 like when I look back, I said, "Wow, that was quite." An experience, and and once I graduated, the whole relationship with Joe completely changed, and Joe no longer looked at me as a young kid under under his guidance. What he had to do. As soon as I graduated, it was like we're on equal terms. You're a man now, and 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 the complete thing changed. And I talked to a lot of other ball players. You know, uh, no, I had I had a couple other guys I know that you know had some rough times with Joe while they were there. And looking back, you know, it's not Joe because Joe has to deal with thousands, you know, through his career, thousands of young men who are going to test him all the time. And that he know he has a he has a job to do, and I cannot tell you how every one of them said that when they graduated, when they needed help, when they needed something, Joe was always there, and and it was kind of in, in a way surprising to me because you know, uh, uh, but then when I thought about it. I said, no, it's not. I'm saying that's that's Joe. You know, and I'm saying, wow, his four years there, he knows he has to deal with young men 18 to 22 years old. You know how tough that is? And young men who are, you know, who've been highly recruited, big men on campus at their high school, and, and like now they come to Penn State and... And they've accomplished all this in high school and probably full of themselves and I'm this and I'm that. And he has to deal with all of that. And I look back, I said, wow, that has to be tough. Because all of us know how tough it is to deal with, you know, with guys 18 to 22. I mean, those are some tough years, you know, developing years. And and I said, wow, you know that Joe Joe was tough on us, but he was always fair. And that's what I said. He was, and I look back at it. He was always fair. And uh, and and I said, and then I noticed that once you graduate, you're his best friend. He never forgot a name. He could, he could have, you know, a player left 20 years later, see that player, talk to that player, and name, name his parents and all of his sisters and brothers. I mean, incredible. I mean, I can't tell you how many people he helped and, play, you know, and reached out to players that he knew that, uh, that needed help. And needed something like that. I mean, 
it was like, wow. And I'm talking about, you know, like some guys who were pissed off a lot more than me. <laughs> My thing was just being, you know, demoted for, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, but he still put me in the game, of course. You know what I mean? But, you go, of course. But, but he wouldn't let me start. <laughs> and you don't start. But, no, he wouldn't want to keep me out the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that dumb. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so, so Franco, so you, you've, you've, you've laid out this, this narrative of you have this extraordinary experience at Penn State where you learned a lot, you become a man, you see the new Joe Paterno after you graduate, and, and you, you've experienced both directly and indirectly the way he deals with people, what a stickler for the rules he is, character, academics, helping people in need. And uh, and so this facilitates a long term relationship with uh, with Joe Paterno. Obviously, you become a four time Super Bowl champion and the Immaculate Reception, which, by the way, you you credit Joe Paterno for for helping happen. By you were you apparently he's 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 the one that he's he's the one that made it happen without like without his thought in my mind, it never would have happened. The go to the ball. Go to the yep. ball. Is that what you're saying? Yep. It's amazing. The All ball. the greats can they can still it's hear never, their college coach in their head. Yeah. And of course that like, is like I'm sorry, Liz. Would you say, Liz? I'm I, I'm, I said all the great, all the great players can still hear their college coach in their head. You know the stories about Bear Bryant, Joe Paterno. They can hear those words. And you've credited that with partially why you pulled off what was voted the the greatest moment in the history of the National Football League. Uh, the Immaculate Reception, which was uh, uh, obviously an, an iconic moment in the history of sports. And and uh, you become a Hall of Famer, and you have this strong relationship with Paterno and Penn State. And now we fast forward all these years later uh, to 2011. And I'm curious, Franco, before this whole story explodes in November of 2011 and starts to turn on Joe Paterno. Had you heard anything at all about allegations against Jerry Sandusky? And if so, what do you remember of, about this? Cause obviously the, there had been the newspaper article locally in March of 2011. Jerry was a longtime former assistant coach. Hadn't been at Penn state for almost a, a or about a decade at that point over a decade at that point. What, what, what was your mindset or even knowledge of any of these allegations involving Jerry Sandusky before the, the national public becomes aware of the story in November of 2011? Well, uh, I really uh, heard nothing about allegations that through the years, uh, you know, I would, I'm thinking maybe through the years that, Maybe I played in Jerry Sandusky's second mile uh, uh, golf, golf tournament. tournament, maybe once or twice. Uh, and uh, and and I got involved with our uh, with our company, where uh, uh, you know we uh, you know pledged. Donations, uh, I think, for two, two or three years. You know where, uh, you know where we gave money to the uh, second mile, and uh, uh, and 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 like I do remember, 
being being a speaker and uh, and uh, and I'm thinking this might have been maybe the first time he's speaking at one of his banquets, or it could have been a second time. I don't know, but you know, this is spanning a number of years, right? And uh, so you knew, and, so you knew Jerry. And, and like the last time going to this banquet is 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 when a friend of mine uh, uh, pulled me aside and said, uh, frankly, before you go into the banquet, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, Jerry's not. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, sorry, my memory is so bad. If Jerry was there, or, or like Jerry wasn't. Yeah, but but uh, but he told me that uh, there was an investigation going on about uh, uh, like about Jerry, and 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 like I guess I uh, didn't well people you know didn't you know you know pay a lot of a uh, attention to it. I know I had to go into the banquet and and uh, and be one of the speakers. And uh, but while we were at Penn State during my years there, <laughs> you know, Jerry was a grad assistant. Started out as, as a grad assistant, so uh, uh, you, you know that's kind of like a coach. But uh, uh, but we uh, you know didn't pay much attention to uh, to uh, Jerry. But you know then as we know. That uh, you know, he went on to architect, you know, uh, pretty great defense for uh, uh, for Penn State. All right, so so but, Jer- but, Jerry but during those years didn't hear anything, didn't uh, uh, you know nothing come to mind, or didn't hear any rumors about anything. Uh, didn't yeah yeah didn't hear anything. But you had some level of knowledge that there was some sort of an investigation, and then, of course, it all explodes. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 but this was, you know, you know, uh, maybe a year, maybe a year before all of this really happened. Right, right. So, you know what I mean. But you're not, you're not thinking this is a big deal. I mean, you're, you're. I mean, first of all, Jerry's not even on the radar at this point. He's a former right. assistant coach. And, uh, you know, he's a member of the community, the head of the second mile. And so when the, the story really explodes in November of 2011 and Jerry Sandusky is arrested and the media focus starts to turn to Joe Paterno's role in all this, what was your reaction? Well, um, when I first heard about it, I do remember I was in, in uh, Las Vegas. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, sitting over a friend's house and a number of people, probably like, you know, five couples uh, or it could, have been, you know, it could have been maybe like seven couples standing at, uh, at this house together in, in uh, Vegas. And uh, and and like the news break, and 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 in that and in that uh, uh, news report, it mentioned that Joe Paterno was not charged, and and I said, oh, okay, glad 
glad to hear that. But they mentioned Tim Curley, uh, Schultz, and I believe, you know, Spanier, but, uh, but Joe Paterno is, is not charged. And, 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 and so, uh, uh, like in a way I just did, oh, you know, that's good to hear that, uh, that, that you know, Joe's not charged. So I didn't think any, you know, think that much more about it. And, uh, and then I stayed in, uh, Vegas, uh, uh, for a few more days and, uh, and then a little while after that, you know, uh, hear that Joe is fired and, and I, uh, and I called my one teammate that was, you know, like I just heard it on the news at night. And I called my one teammate who was on the board of trustees, and I called him up and I'm saying, what the heck are you guys doing? That, you know, why did you, that, that you know, you know, why is Joe Paterno being, being fired? And here I am not knowing anything, but, you know, Joe being fired, and I'm like, and I'm just kind of pissed off. Right, you know, because I heard you know he had nothing to do with it, you know, you know earlier, and and all of a sudden he's you know he's fired. And I'm saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, and 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 he's saying, well, Frank, hey, you know, like it was unanimous, you know, and and blah 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 blah. I'm saying you guys and then no lie, you guys are a bunch of chumps. You're a bunch of wimps. And uh, wow. And, and, and like, I was just pissed off not understanding what the heck is, what the heck is going on here, right? And, and, uh, and so a couple of days later, you know, I tried, I tried to, you know, reach the president, uh, called, you know, called there, you know, university and about, you know, you know, put Joe, you know, uh, you know, you know, put Joe back as the uh, coach, and uh, and 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 now, like as I said, you know, not knowing much, not you know. Uh, so your instincts, you know, so Franco, is it fair to say that your instincts, knowing the man, were that? Wait a minute, this is not possible that Joe Paterno participated in any sort of cover-up for child sex abuse. Is that, is that a fair assessment? You just, it just didn't from a, forget about the facts at that point, which you didn't have, a, have access to it just from a blink perspective, your gut reaction, you're, you're, you're thinking no way, no how, no way possible. Correct. That's, that's what's in, that's what's in my gut. There is that, uh, that, you know, why was he fired? Based on what, you know, like if, you know, that uh, nothing has been proven, nothing has, you know, uh, gone to court, that, you know, there was no legal process, right? There was nothing. It was a panic, correct? And, 
Well, like it was a reaction, but as we come to find out later, uh, you know, we know that uh, uh, like it got to be something personal, you know, and uh, but um, but it just did not make sense, and uh, and and so here I am, you know calling people, talking about, you know, put Joe back in there and, uh, and nobody, uh, nobody was listening, you know, you know, this, you know, fell on deaf ears and, uh, you know, so, uh, so, so Joe Paterno, so Franco, Joe Paterno gets fired and and the media obviously is creating this narrative that he must be guilty of having led a cover-up because otherwise why would Joe Paterno be fired by Penn State? He's a legend there. We now know, as you said, it got personal. There were politics involved. There, there were people who wanted him gone for a long time. The, the governor uh, may have played a role in, in this in an alliance with John Surma, who basically... Uh, facilitated a coup d'etat at the Board of Trustees. These are all things we would learn uh, later uh, and once the narrative has already been set. Uh, but you're still not buying it. You're, you're not believing this is the Joe Paterno that you knew or that any of the uh, uh, many, many other uh, Penn State football players that, that you've been associated with that they knew. And as time goes on, uh, obviously Joe Paterno passes away just two months later which is a huge moment in this whole thing for, for a lot of reasons, one of which was he doesn't get to testify at Jerry Sandusky's trial. And at the funeral, uh, something extraordinary happens. Uh, well, 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 like first I want to say, John, that, uh, that you know, like when I was at Penn State, people always remember me as being quiet. Some players would say, God, Franco, we didn't even know you could talk. You know, now people can't shut me up, so I am apologizing, Liz and John, about today. Oh, I know, I know that. I, I, I warned Liz. I already warned Liz about your long-winded answers, Franco. We're okay. We're, so, but but it's interesting to note that at Penn State, you know, all my teammates thought I couldn't even talk, <laughs> and like now they can't shut me up, right? Right. So, so all this is happening. Uh. And Joe got fired, and I went up to see Joe. You know, I got back from Vegas. I drove up to see Joe at his house. Uh, this was a, you know, uh, maybe you know less than a week or a week after he got he got fired. And uh, you know, and I, you know, went in to see Joe and. And, and 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 he told me that Franco, I didn't know anything about Jerry, you know, you know, blah blah blah, and uh, you know, with a conversation, he said he didn't know anything, you know, he did, you know, he didn't know any of this stuff, and uh, and then as you mentioned, John, before we knew it, Joe's in the hospital. And like I and like I remember going up to Penn State again, and, and, and these were some tiring times. Like I driving back and forth from Penn State to Pittsburgh, and at night, and you know, like I you know went a few times, 
up there, and uh, and and like it was some uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, some trying, ty- you know, tiring times, and and uh, and and so uh, you know, late at night, I go into Joe's hospital room. Well, well, like the one time we went, like before, early on in the hospital, myself and Dana went in, and uh, and it's interesting if I remember this correctly that that the last game that that Joe coached on the ticket was me. My image is on that ticket. I mean, can you believe that? And uh, you know, out of out, out, out of all the things, you know, my Penn State number thirty-four image, me the football player at Penn State, is on that ticket. Hmm. And uh, did you get and, it, Franco? Did you get any insight from Joe as he as he neared death? On on either life well, in general or and, this story in particular, and 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 and, and so uh, you know, so as we go on, you can believe that this is uh, you know the first time we can see Joe and Dan took out a ticket and said, "Hey Joe, can you autograph these?" He's on the zoo, he's in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 wife asked him to autograph the ticket stuff. <laughs> Did he did he do it? Yeah, yeah, and and, and and I believe none of us knew at that time how serious it was, right? This is you know when he first you know the first time he went in, and uh, uh, but but and, in your in your final conversations with Joe Paterno, well, Franco, what, what did you well, learn? Well, and then the like the final time I went and saw him, it was. Late at night, I was tired, and I said, you know, and, and this is me like I'm by myself on this trip. And, and you know, you know, and, and I go in, and, you know, Joe's kind of asleep, you know, kind of, you know, you know, kind of out of it, and, and, and you know, and that's, you know, you know, uh, we mentioned, you know, just find the truth. Franco, when he said just find the truth, what was your conversation? Did he just blurt that out, or were you saying? And the other thing is, when he said, I didn't know anything it, uh, about Jerry. N- no, uh, no, like there wasn't, you know, you know, there wasn't much conversation at all. You know? How did you interpret him saying just find the truth, Franco? Well, you know, very simple, you know, find the truth of really what's, what's going on here, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know, and, and like, I guess I didn't know at the time or even specifically about him, uh, I don't know, like, is that, you know, like, is that, you know, like if that was it, like if he foresaw, 
what was coming, but but it is very disappointing to know what he had to, you know, what he was facing on his dying bed. Here's a man that gave so much and did so much and meant so much, and on his dying bed, that this is what he's facing and what he's hearing. And so when you think about this, it's like, wow, all this, what he did, what he meant, you know, you know what, what he stood for. And, but none of us saw at that particular time how bad it was going to get. Right. Well, let's and, stop. But, Franco, let's stop. And, uh, and, and I guess want to say that, that uh, and, and, and like this was late at night by myself, and uh, like they let me in, you know, even though it was late at night. And I and I drove home, and and a uh, if I remember correctly, a couple of days later, uh, Joe, uh, Joe passed, and 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 I hated to be long-winded, John, about getting to your question about Mike McQuarrie. No, but we'll, we'll get to there. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll, we'll get but, there, uh, Franco. But, we'll but, get... But, but, like, all this kind of leads. No, no, and I want to stop you there for a second. I'm glad you brought all that up. That's great insight. But let's go back to Joe saying, find the truth. Does it make sense to you, Franco, that what Joe is referring to there has nothing to do with himself because he already knows what the truth is involving himself, but he doesn't know what the truth is regarding Jerry and potentially some sort of enabling or a cover-up by the administrators. And that's how I interpret Joe Paterno's dying statement to you about finding the truth. He doesn't know what the truth is because he wasn't involved in any sort of cover-up. He didn't know about any uh, allegations against Jerry because he wasn't told about any. And he's wondering, wait a minute, is it possible that all of this isn't true, what we're being told? What do you make of that assessment? Well, you know, like those two months, so much stuff was flying around. I mean, it was incredible. And here he is on his deathbed. And, and like, I'm not sure that during those two months, how much uh, he was exposed to and what was going on. Uh, uh, but I'm sure he knew it, it, uh, it, it wasn't good. Uh, and, and he knew his name was, was being abused out there also. And, uh, it just That's feels to me, it just feels really it just, I understand that Franco it just seems to me and I get you're not going to put words into a dying man's mouth you you're telling us what he actually said and and I to me I've just always interpreted that as having at least the significance of 
he has doubts himself because otherwise that wouldn't be his dying wish. If he knew what happened, I mean, if anything, it's it's the ultimate proof that he had nothing to do with this because if he did, he would already know what happened and the, there would be no need to find the truth. And so he's completely in the dark here is how I interpret this and has no evidence at all of any sort of a cover-up or maybe even of Jerry Sandusky having committed any crimes. That's, that is a man that has doubt, a lot of doubt. Uh, in in my mind, but I'm that's just my assessment. So, so you go through. Well, 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 when you look at it, where where they fired him, after all, what he did and what he meant, uh, that that you know that would put a lot of stuff in your uh, uh, in your mind about them saying that he knew. Right. You know, that was. That was the big thing, right? You know that 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 Joe knew and that Joe allowed it, right. and and like those were you know those were probably like in my mind the main thing. Sure, you know because as I said when I went and visited Joe the first time, he told me he didn't know right anything, right? You know what I mean? He didn't so, know anything about this about Jerry. Right. You know, he, you know, he had he had no clue. And I and I agree that he had no clue. And and I I feel strongly about why he had no clue because there was nothing to have a clue about. But let's go to his funeral. And to me, this is one of the most interesting things that has happened regarding, if not the most interesting thing that's happened regarding your direct involvement in this whole situation. So Joe Paterno dies. You go to the funeral, and. There is Mike McQueary. And obviously, uh, in the news over the previous two months, Mike McQueary is the center of this whole story. He is the witness. It is being reported that he witnessed Jerry Sandusky supposedly raping a young boy in a Penn State shower. And then the next day, he goes to Joe Paterno and tells him what he saw. That's what it said in the grand jury presentment, even though. You know, Joe is already raising doubts about that because he told you, I didn't know anything about this. And, you know, so so I'm sure you're already having doubts about, wait a minute, what did you what did Mike really tell Joe? And you decide to go up to Mike McQuarrie at Joe Paterno's funeral. Now, I want to make sure people understand the incredible context of this. You're at Joe Paterno's funeral and you are Franco frickin' Harris, okay? You you are a enormous figure in Penn State football history. You're an enormous figure in Pennsylvania history. As Liz already mentioned, when you go through the Pittsburgh airport, there are two statues you must pass. One is George Washington. The other is Franco Harris, okay? So, so when you go up to Mike McQuarey at Joe Paterno's funeral, this is a huge moment in Mike McQuarrie's life. He, he, it's almost like a truth serum has, has been given to Mike McQuarrie because he's not going to have the guts to lie to Franco Harris about what happened. So can you describe for us your conversation with Mike McQuarrie at Joe Paterno's funeral? Well, I appreciate those words, John, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's... Uh... Uh, Franco, I'm right about this, so just move on to the stories. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, uh, I, I uh, didn't have any plans uh, to talk to Mike. I want to make that clear. Uh, but uh, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, after the uh, uh, you know funeral and 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 we all meet at the. Uh, at, at the stadium, everybody's together, and and I see Mike McQuarrie there, and uh, it kind of surprises me, uh, you know, because when you read their presentment, it uh, it states that uh, Mike McQuarrie witnessed anal rape, and. And so that's what all of us are, in a way, believing, right? That that uh, you know this came out through the prosecutor, and and you know Mike Mike McCreary testified this because it's in the presentment, and you automatically think that this is what Mike said, that Mike actually said it, and 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 like there's no way that. The prosecutors would lie and put something in there to that extent, you know, to that degree that wasn't true. You, you never would think that, right? So, so it just popped in my head, hey, you know what? I want to go ask Mike some questions here. So I went over to Mike and, 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 and he welcomed me and, uh, and and I said, you know, um, Mike, when you uh, uh, that night, when you looked into the shower, uh, uh, you saw that uh, anal rape, right? And and he said no. I said to myself, what? What does he mean, no? And I asked him, I said, okay, well, did you see sodomy then? He said, no. And I said, well, when you looked into the shower, did every, you know, did anybody have any erection? He said, I didn't look. Right. And so I'm kind of confused now, right? And I'm saying, well, what did you tell Joe Paterno then? He says, well, you know, him being Joe, I really couldn't, like I really couldn't explain it. Uh, uh, You know, I really, and I'm saying to myself, well, first of all, he didn't see Anal rape didn't see some didn't see anybody with erections um, and you know he said oh, I couldn't tell you know I couldn't and so like I'm saying this guy's all over the board and uh, uh, something something's not right here and uh, and and then he said you know. Well, you know, like I, you know, like I didn't say what they said, 
You know, and I'm like, what? So now, like, I'm all confused, right? I have no clue. I am kind of dumbfounded. Um, uh, uh, and I don't know where to go with this. And, uh, but it, but it really kind of blew my mind that, uh, uh, that Mike McQuarrie didn't witness anything, didn't, didn't see what they actually wrote. And they were, you know, and to me, reading that presentment, they were pretty graphic about it and pretty certain about what Mike McCreary witnessed. And uh, and so that, that set into motion a whole, whole lot of new thinking. <laughs> a whole lot of new direction. Well, let's we'll get to that. But I just want to make sure that we're a hundred percent clear on on how dramatic this moment is. Where oh yeah, more, more, oh yeah, this is. You know, you know, this is from Mike McQuarrie one on one, and it's and uh, and, and, and and him being very clear that he didn't witness any in a rape or anything sexual that night. Franco, when he said, I didn't look, did you go, what? You didn't look? Uh, what What did you respond when he said, I didn't look? Well, like I'm just saying that, that you know, I was, uh, I was just taken aback to it. You know what I mean? It was... Uh, it didn't make any know, sense, well, right? It didn't make didn't, any sense. It didn't make any sense, but... But then I realized, because if I remember correctly, John, the first presentment that came out, and, and I know you're really good at this, or so we might have to go back and check, but it stated that Mike looked into the shower. It did. I do believe it did. And, 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 and so that's the first presentment that came out, that he looked into the shower. Then after that, it came out that he looked into the mirror. Mm-hmm. Right, and so, but... And, and, uh, uh, okay, so we were under the impression that, you know, he looked into the shower. And, 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 and like, that's the way, uh, like, I'm trying to reflect on this. And right. He's, you know, see if I have the sequence right. No, no, it, but, what, but the essence of this, Franco, is, is that you, without any preparation... Uh, in a very dramatic situation, question Mike McQuarrie directly. By the way, in a way that um, I don't think that uh, any uh, defense attorney has ever done <laughs> in all the years since this this happened. Uh, you get Mike McQuarrie to acknowledge in very clear terms that in your view, he didn't see any sexual assault at all, correct? Correct. And, correct. and, and, and... He also says, importantly, from the Joe Paterno aspect, he effectively says, I didn't tell Joe anything, correct? Right, right. Now, that blows, that blows apart <laughs> almost the entire case on both angles, both the Sandusky and the Paterno angle, as well as the administrators, right there. I, I'm, I'm curious, 
What was Mike's demeanor during this conversation? Did you feel like he was nervous? Mm -hmm. Was he intimidated by you? Nope, not at all. Nope. We're just having a conversation. And, and, and I just asked him, you know, you know, direct questions. And, and, and it wasn't like, as I mentioned, where I was prepared to, you know, because like I surprised Mike was there, right? Because Mike, was the you know was the witness that really caused all this to come down on Joe right? Mm-hmm. So uh, and and you know so I'm like surprised to see Mike there, and and it just hit me hey let me go up and uh, and 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 ask Mike and 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 so it wasn't that I had a line of questions ready to ask him you know and. And, uh, and 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 like follow up questions, you know, because that wasn't my intent on, on you know my sure you had, you had no there. you had no plan on this and you were shocked by the answers so it's not like you were ready to to follow up uh, and plus it's you know it's an, a, a sensitive situation at, at a reception after Joe Paterno's funeral but you got a heck of a lot of information there and this is something I've never asked you in in all the many, many conversations we've had over the years, but I think it, it bears asking what would have happened if you had told this story at the time and the, and Jerry Sandusky's defense attorneys had learned about it and they had called you to testify at his trial. How do you think well, that, how do you think that would have gone down? Well, well, you know what, first of all, like it's very upsetting that Mike McCreary really didn't come forward in a very strong way for Joe. After all that Joe did for Mike and, uh, and, and Mike being part of that program, that him, his father, no one stepped up and came forward on their own. And that's very disappointing. And uh, uh, so... Uh, and I still don't understand that, but I guess I understand in a way now because he ended up getting paid big bucks, I heard. Yes. Uh, you know, but uh, he uh, he didn't come forward and, uh, and tell the truth and tell his side of the story. And, and like, even when he get on the witness stand and, like, they ask him certain questions, you know, he still beat around the bush. And, uh, you know, and, and, and like to me, you know, he should have been clear, precise on what he had to say about the situation with Joe. I agree with all that, but, but just to be clear, Franco, wh- how do you think it would have gone down if you had been asked to testify about that conversation you had with Mike McQuarrie? Well, I mean, you know, it would it would go like how we're having our conversation here today. But see, to me, I think that would have had a, a, a massive impact, especially coming from you. I, I think the jury would have gone, "What the heck is going on here?" Because of because of your stature in Pennsylvania, your honesty, your credibility. I think that would have had a massive impact, and I think this goes to I'm not in all in any way, shape, or form, blaming you because you you didn't you didn't know the significance of what you had just witnessed. Not and, and, not not 
not at all. Right. And and, and like I guess it never even entered entered my mind that uh, uh, that my conversation with Mike would have made a difference. But you know, but, you point that out now, might have. But but, uh, but see, but Franco, here's my, my my Franco. My point here is that this is all part of this perfect storm, right? The perfect storm here is here you are, and you know you're presuming like everybody else that Jerry Sandusky is guilty as sin, right? And 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 your focus is on Joe Paterno, the guy you know, the guy you love, the guy you know didn't take part in this. And you're thinking, how do I defend Joe Paterno? And the the focus is not on whether Jerry is guilty or not, because you're everyone is logically presuming that he is. And so this was fate handed this circumstance a potential opportunity for the truth to come out. But because of this perfect storm, and you're not even thinking about the ramifications of this, and the defense doesn't know that you had this conversation with Mike, this opportunity, like, you know, two ships passing in the night, never comes to fruition. And it's and and it's why the truth of this case has lost so badly so far. Does that does that make sense to you, Franco, the way I, I just put it? Uh yeah, I can you know, I can I can see that and and you're absolutely right that uh, my focus was strictly, strictly Joe. And, and like, the questions were, uh, you know, strictly to Joe. And, and so when, when he told me that, you know, you know, what he told me, then I knew that, uh, uh, you know, that that presentment was a lie. And, uh, and like, that was the basis that... Uh, uh, you know that John Sermon and Corbett and all the people took to firing Joe. Uh, you know, so 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 at this point, you're right. Like I, I was looking at it more from uh, from that position. You're absolutely right. And so after that, you become much more outspoken about in public about your defense of Joe Paterno, not Jerry Sandusky, to be clear, but Joe Paterno. And you start to uh, show up at meetings and make press statements, and eventually you start uh, to uh, you know uh, go on your own. Yeah, you you do you do these events across Pennsylvania and across the country where you have speakers like myself come in to talk about what really did and did not happen here. Uh, you spend a lot, an awful lot of your own time and your own resources and. Put your own reputation on the line. In fact, you even lost endorsements uh, for a period because you were willing to speak out uh, publicly in defense of Joe Paterno. Why did you do all that, Franco? Uh, you know what, John? It uh, wasn't something that uh, was planned, and uh, it wasn't something that... Uh, was given much thought. I, I guess you could say that uh, one event made another one happen, and then made another thought happen, and then made another thought happen, made another thought happen. But there was no, 
long-range thought-out plan or path for this because, as you know, none of us really knew anything or, like, knew that much back then, right? And, uh, and, and so my thing with, with Macquarie, uh, made me realize that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, Mike didn't see anything, that nothing happened, that nothing happened that night. And, but yet my focus was still Joe. And, uh, and, and so, uh, one year later to the month, is when I held uh, my first at Fun Fuddy View, which you were so you know, you know, gracious to you know to uh, you know come in and be a part of. Well, uh, I don't know if you even remember Franco, but but we actually met for the first time a few months before that here in Los Angeles. And and Liz, I want you to picture this. <laughs> so so Franco Harris comes into Los Angeles because he once to meet with the college presidents who uh, approved the NCAA's sanctions against Penn State. This would have been in, in 2012. And so without any appointment whatsoever, and, and, I, and Franco and I agreed to, uh, to meet on UCLA's campus because UCLA's president was one of the people on the, uh, on the committee. And we meet for the first time there, and Franco just goes up unannounced to the president's office with a pile of paperwork. Do you remember this, Franco? Yep. <laughs> now, people yep. like Franco Harris do stuff like that. Uh, you and I can't fathom that, but right. Franco Harris can walk to the right. president's office. Well, I'm just curious, Franco, when, when you first— First met me, uh, you know this guy you didn't even know, uh, who 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 you don't agree with on anything politically because you know you're, you're far left and I'm far right. Uh, wh- what would you have said if if uh, you'd been told that you know uh, nine years later we would still be on this thing? John, you know what it 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 still blows my mind, but I think both of us know that seeking the truth has no timetable. Amen. And, yeah, and uh, that that's time right. does not make it any less important. And uh, uh, and you know, and because of time, it, it doesn't change the facts, and it doesn't change the truth. And I think it's time. You know, like I guess I'm a believer in its own way that everything has its time. And uh, and 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 here we are coming upon the 10th anniversary of this. And, uh, and, and I think it's time uh, in a big way to start uh, uh, pushing out the truth here for you know, people to know, because as we you know, look back, the story was so big, and the people that it involved uh, made it, uh, uh, I guess, appetizing to just take it and swallow it, and and uh, and 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 like just take it for face value, not look behind anything, and 
and you know, and and it was big, and 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 like it was, and, and you know, you you know, showed that film that on some review of how the news media just just went crazy with it, and didn't even wait for the truth or wait for anything, you know. You know, Joe knew Joe was guilty. Joe this, Joe that. It became Joe Paterno's story, not not a Sandusky story. And and, and like that made it that made it real hard for Joe, and it made it tough for Sandusky uh, because of everybody be- believing that presentment that came out. Uh, that that made it. Uh, Tough for Joe, and 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 made it tough for uh, Mike McQuarrie because you mean for Jerry, you mean for Jerry's investment, Mike McQuarrie, you know, because uh, as you mentioned that it stated, and and like I mentioned to people that the way they pres- they positioned the presentment, they say that Mike McQuarrie witnessed anal rape, and then if I remember correctly, it's kind of like the next sentence, or real close to that, it says. And he told Joe Paterno what he had witnessed. So, if you put those two sentences together, which they which they must have done on purpose, right? Because, you know, that sentence alone, Mike McQuarrie told Joe what he witnessed. Then people would say, okay, well, what did he witness? What did he tell Joe? Blah blah blah. But when they connect those two sentences, and it and before that. They state what Mike, you know, they state what Mike McCrary witnessed, and then they make a statement like that. What he told Joe, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were, like they knew the, the effect it was going to had, you know, you know, have, and and so my view, you know, they did that on purpose to get the effect that they wanted, and like that's very upsetting. That, you know, these, you know, these are people that post a abide by the law and you would think would abide by the truth and, and, and do what's right. And, and, and here they go and do tricks like this to, to put certain perceptions in people's minds. And let's be clear what sorry, they were doing. Sorry, I got carried away with no, that. no, that's great, Franco, but let's be clear about what you, the significance of what you just said. The purpose was twofold. One was to inflame, which I think is what you were referring to. You know, that's a very inflaming statement. He witnessed anal rape, and then the next day he went to Joe Paterno to tell him what he saw or witnessed. But the other part of this is they're trying to use Joe Paterno to bolster the credibility of Mike's story. In other words, because Joe Paterno is so well-respected and so well-known— and if, if he and if he told Joe the next day, then that must mean he's telling the truth. So they're they're they, de facto they're trying to use Joe as the person who's vouching for Mike McQuarrie when he told you Joe Paterno did that he didn't know anything. And and from your own conversations with Mike McQuarrie, he didn't know anything because Mike hadn't seen anything. And so this is all a, a domino effect uh, of of insanity that is done clearly for an impact and it had a, I think it had a greater impact than anyone ever possibly imagined but let's be clear and I think you know this because we've talked about this a lot that is untrue that statement is untrue from every possible angle one McQuarrie didn't see it an anal rape 
I'm strong. I strongly believe because there wasn't an anal rape or any sort of sexual assault, which is your interpretation of your conversation with Mike McQuarrie. And this is really important because this is probably the most important thing we found in the last nine, 10 years. He didn't go to Joe Paterno the next day. He waited six weeks, six weeks. He waited before he went to Joe Paterno. And I believe he went to Joe Paterno because the job he wanted, the wide receivers coaching job that had been held by Kenny Jackson, who ironically went to your old team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, leaving that job open, happened to open up the day before he goes to see Joe Paterno. And as a graduate assistant, I believe that that was the primary motivation for why Mike McQuarrie decides to go see Joe Paterno. I believe he immediately realizes he's not getting the job that Joe is making that clear to him, which is why he makes up the story about Joe telling him on the phone, if this is about a job, don't bother coming over. I don't have one for you with Sue Paterno. And you know, Sue exceedingly well, you know, her memory. Uh, and, and she shouted at me uh, that that never happened. And she was there that day. Uh, and so I believe that story is made up. And I believe it's all part of Mike trying to create a cover story for his his sequence of events, which makes no sense that he waits six. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if it's Mike or if it's the prosecutors. And, uh, and, and, and you hate to say that because you would hate to think that uh, uh, that our justice system would do something like that. But when we look at stuff, we look at at dates, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of controversy on on the next day thing, on the uh, dates, and uh, uh, so there's there's a lot going on here. Okay. But but I guess as you mentioned that uh, that 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 what people have to know is that. Mike McQuarrie never witnessed anal rape that night. There was nothing sexual that he witnessed that night, and he never told Joe anything sexual. And 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 like I have to admit, you know, when I, you know, went up to Joe the first time and talked with him, he told me that uh, you know he didn't, you know he knew nothing about this. And Mike never mentioned it. You know what I mean? That. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, that pretty much sums it all up right there. I mean, that's the whole case. I mean, uh, I mean, sure uh, other that's than other whole... other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Right? I mean, that, that, that's the whole deal right there. Um, that's and, and you know what? That's that's the case. But um, but you know, but what uh, is disheartening is that all the you know that what they tried to do, what Surma and Corbett. Uh, what they actually did, and, and they got away with it. Uh, but eventually, as we said, here we are 10 years later, and they and they think they got away with it. Uh, but, uh, uh, but as I said, you know, time doesn't change the truth. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's time now for, uh, uh, for the world to now hear, you know, to hear the truth, hear the other side, All right, well, and and we and we have to get this word out. Well, that's what we're doing here, and I want to go through a couple more elements of this story that you're directly involved with, 
uh, and and so let's go through them in, in fairly short order. Uh, um, as you know, as this story evolves, and it looks like Joe is about to be redeemed, people are starting to come to their senses. I'm talking like in 2015, 2016, partially because of your work fighting uh, for his reputation and the deconstruction of the free report. All of a sudden comes out uh, in, a, in a very nefarious fashion the details of these settlements that Penn State has paid to the accusers of Jerry Sandusky. And one of the stories that comes out, actually two stories, directly implicate uh, Joe Paterno. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that they're from the 1970s. One is allegedly 1971. One is 1976. It is my very, very, very strong opinion that the reason why those are the only stories that directly mention Joe Paterno is because those guys were too old to get any money from Penn State because they were way outside the statute of limitations. They needed extra juice for their stories, and the best way to do that was to mention Joe Paterno's name. And so they implicate Joe Paterno. Ira Looper uh, and Penn State decides to to pay them off a small amount of money so that they'll go away. But these stories get reported in the press in a huge, huge fashion. I mean, just unbelievable, as if this was on, on tablets from Moses, uh, that this was somehow true, even though the media knew nothing of any of the details. The 1971 story is particularly interesting from your perspective because you were on the Penn State football team in 1971. And the allegation is, in the 1971 uh, complaint that got paid by Penn State, is that Jerry Sandusky picked up a guy by the name of Randy Tice, uh, who uh, claims that he immediately was given alcohol and marijuana by Jerry Sandusky and was brought immediately to the Penn State uh, facilities uh, where he was brutally, horrendously raped. And that during the rape... Randy Tice fought back and bashed in Jerry Sandusky's mouth to the point where he created massive dental damage. Now, Franco Harris, being on that football team, and Jerry Sandusky being a graduate assistant at that time, if anything close to that had actually happened, what are the chances of you and nobody else on that football team hearing anything about it? Yeah, that would have been pretty slim. You know what I mean? That, uh, that would have been real slim. That none of us would have heard about it. And, of course, just to be clear, you have no recollection of Jerry Sandusky ever having any major dental damage, correct? Uh, well, uh, no, like I wouldn't have probably known back then. But, uh, but, uh, but you know, just... To uh, uh, say in you know in in like 1971 for Jerry to uh, where like he's real young himself, you know what I mean? And uh, and and uh, and I just find it hard to believe that someone that new to the program. Uh, would even put himself in a in a position like that if he was looking to really grow with the uh, grow with the program. Well, that's a great point, Franco, and it, and and let's let's evolve from that point because these allegations in 1971 and 76 are that Joe Paterno is 
directly told by these people that say they were assaulted by Jerry Zanuski, directly told, person to person. One was on the phone in a very weird way because there was no conference calling in 1971 in the Penn State football offices, and yet there's three people on the phone call. Uh, and then there's one directly face-to-face in 1976 where Joe Paterno was told, and supposedly Paterno in both cases says, don't bother me with this. You know, I got a football team to worry about and, and blows them off, which, of course, doesn't. Hey, uh, John, uh, you know, if you, uh, uh, I mean, if you think about uh, where, you know, 19, uh, you know, 1971, uh, well, like, first of all, I think Penn State made certain uh, requirements for people to get money, right? Well, I want to get, well, Franco, we're going to get to that in a second because I want to talk about Ira yeah, Looper. Yeah. But, but, but let's just finish. But, I, just but, want... but I guess I want to say 1971 and like 1976 that, you know, like when I look at it, uh, first of all, uh, when they talk about Joe's reaction, no way would that be the reaction from Joe. Uh, anyone that knows Joe knows that uh, uh, that that he wouldn't uh, uh, you know uh, talk to a kid that way, say it that way, act that way. That's not Joe. We all know that. And like 1976, you know that was so ridiculous that that's hard to, you know to even address. And you know, in talking about. We know, you know, because there were other kids in the showers, I believe, and and that news would have spread everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Of course. No, so, it, it obviously makes no sense at all. It's not Joe Paterno. But just to finish the other point you were making about Jerry, who Jerry Sandusky is in the 1970s, he's barely on the staff. The second mile doesn't even exist. There's been no national championship won with him as the defensive coordinator yet. If anything close to this happened, Joe would have gotten rid of Jerry Sandusky in a heartbeat, right? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And um, But we know that the only way for them to get money is, and you said you were going to explain to people, that the only way they could get money is if they tie in Penn State, and uh, and and like the way that they tie in Penn State, uh, because if Jerry, uh, uh, you know, so so they had to tie in Penn State, and tying in Penn State meant tying in with Joe Paterno, correct, and 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 they tied it in. With a phone call, and and with bumping into Joe, if there was none of that, and if it happened in a car, happened somewhere somewhere else, it jerseys up, didn't matter. They had Italian Penn State. Correct. So they took advantage of uh, of a deceased person. Right. And and like also uh, something now that, as you said, people can't prove one way or the other. And, and and then we had a idiotic board of trustees uh, who uh, were you know, more than happy to pay out the money, and uh, which they did just just to back up 
and to enforce their own narrative and, and their own reason for, you know, their own backup for what they did. Bingo. So, so let's so let's go to that, Franco. So that money was handed out by Ira Lupert, a guy we've talked a lot about on the podcast, and we've had uh, former board members like Al Lord and Bob Capretto come on to say that they, without any question, believe that those settlement stories were leaked on purpose to get at Joe Paterno and that Ira Lupert had made promises about making Joe Paterno whole that were never fulfilled because after those stories came out, it was no longer uh, politically viable and that they feel as if there was essentially a bait and switch that was created by Ira Lupert. You know Ira Lupert. Uh, You've dealt with him a lot. You went to school with Ira Lupert. Uh, Give us your assessment of Ira Lupert and how he treated you and whether or not you feel as if he may have tried to bamboozle you on this whole, on this whole situation. Oh, uh, I mean, Ira, Ira Lupert definitely tried to tell me a bunch of BS, uh, like about Joe and this and that, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't, you know, it's like, it's even insulting to think that he, you know, he would even mention stuff like that to me. But, uh, you know, I know Ira from way back, so, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, and and then with him becoming, you know, uh, head of the Board of Trustees, that was the worst thing that could ever happened to Penn State. His leadership was ridiculous, and it was bad, and, uh, and ended up costing Penn State a lot of money, and, uh, and really... Uh, just, uh, as you said, for him to make it look that, uh, uh, that their firing of Joe, uh, was, was the right thing to do. And like this proved it, you know, this is so ridiculous and so far from the truth. And, uh, and, and like for Ira to go down that path. Is, is is very disappointing and just very disappointing for all the people that went along with him. Uh, you know, uh, How would you assess his character, Franco? I would assess Ira would do anything that's good for Ira. That's that's number one. And, uh, and it's not that I really know him that well. I mean, it wasn't a situation where, uh, where like we hung out, but, but we did, you know, you know, uh, we would be within, you know, each other's company here and there, and uh, and and just have some small talk here and there. Uh, but to be clear, he lied uh, to you. He lied to you about Joe Paterno, did he not? Well, I would say that, uh, you know, that the stuff he was trying to tell me about. Joe was BS, and uh, and uh, and 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 you know, kind of basically told him it was BS, uh, and and so it wasn't like we were going to get into any deep conversations in that uh, because you know I wasn't buying, and uh, and and. So we all know how that goes. <laughs> does Ira Luper think we're all stupid? I mean, does he? He must think we're all the same. 
That's a good what is, what yeah. is this? It's an arrogance or something. I don't understand it. Well, uh, uh, he has to he has to know, but he's trying to sell. And and like the reason why he's trying to sell it so hard, I don't know. And 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 you know, it, like it makes you think that why why is he doing that so hard? It it it, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good for Penn State, first of all. Uh, so, so who is it? Who is it good for? Who who benefits from this? And uh, it it uh, it it just doesn't it just doesn't connect. And 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 you try to think why. Is he doing this? Is there some other reasons why why he's doing this? Because it's Franco it to me. It's connect. to me, Franco. It's not that complicated. He's protecting a narrative that he bought into, that he's invested in, that his his friends are invested in, that made a lot of money for his lawyer friends in Philadelphia. His reputation would be destroyed. That's what I heard. Now, now, is that true? Are those lawyers his friends? Yes, absolutely. No he, way. Come yeah, on. I mean, he. This was. This is a situation where Ira Lupert is deeply invested, literally and figuratively, in a narrative that if it was turned out to be false, if you know, if we, if we were ever accepted as to be the people telling the truth in this story, Franco, Ira Lupert's name would be mud. It would be worse than Joe Paterno's ever would have been if, if, if any of this was well, true. I'm not worried about getting the truth from Ira. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, uh, and, you know, so, uh, he, you know, you know, his, uh, you know, his word doesn't really hold much water. Uh, but, but I guess, as you said, when the truth does come out, it will expose a lot of people. Exactly. All right, but, now... But I guess I'm just saying that I don't understand why. Why why he would go there. It just doesn't... Like, it doesn't make sense for for him personally, and it doesn't make sense for... And it definitely did not make sense for Penn State. So, what See, were his other motives? So, what's your theory on his and, other motive? See what? What's your theory? Why do you think he's doing it? What do you think? You, uh, I have no idea. And, and, and like I know John is saying that, you know, a lot of his lawyer friends represented a uh, a uh, number of the victims and I guess but, uh, what tens of millions of dollars. But see, right? but see, Franco, just to make clear why that's so significant, it's not just the money for his friends. It's if this narrative crumbles... He is going to be destroyed. His reputation is gone. Those conflicts of interest are now all of a sudden going to be looked at in a very different way because it will look as if, wait a minute, you had more information than anyone. You should have seen that this wasn't real. You should have you should have called BS on it. Instead, you you spent all of Penn State's money on something that didn't actually happen, on people that weren't telling the truth, and you destroyed good people in the process. So that, he's got a lot to protect with regard to this well, narrative. Well, 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 you know what? He better uh, he better start to find a new narrative pretty quickly then. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's... All right. uh, I hope you're Well, right. but like, I mean, his position never, never held anything anyway. You know, it didn't have any substance, but... Uh, 
Right. But our goal now is to get the general public to know, John. You know, uh, right. as you know, when I was holding these programs, it was educate Penn Staters. Uh, and, you know, that was the first base that, well, the first base of people that we really wanted to get a lot of information to. And, uh, and so as you said, we you know, went around Pennsylvania, we went around the country to uh, tell our side of the story, and it connected with a lot of people. Franco, let's... And, and uh, now the way that, you know, we can connect to a lot more people, get this out, is by podcast. And so thank you for doing yours. I might, you know, give it a try down the road. Uh, but, uh, but it's important that more of the general public really hears uh, this information because uh, it will open up a lot of, you know, a lot more eyes. It will open up minds. And it will open up a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, Franklin, there's just a couple more things I want to deal with before we, we let you go, because I know you, that you've been very generous with your time. But speaking of people who, who, who have been the bad guys in all this, uh, one of the, the moments that I'll never forget in this remarkable journey that we've been on over this last decade is when on the last at the last second, literally with less than, I think, 36 hours notice, uh, you agreed to come here to Los Angeles to confront Mark Emmert, the head of the NCAA. And we've played the clip before, but it doesn't, the clip doesn't do it justice uh, because of all the circumstances surrounding it. Um, but um, after you asked uh, the president of the NCAA about an eight-minute-long question uh, uh, about uh, how it was that he came to this conclusion that Penn State and Joe Paterno were guilty in situations where court never actually technically found even Jerry Sandusky guilty. Mark Emmert uh, referenced <laughs> the fact that the, the sanctions against Penn State began uh, taking away wins uh, starting in 1998, which was when the first allegation against Jerry Sandusky was presented, even though the DA determined that, that was unfounded. And the president of the NCAA actually asked you, a 1972 graduate of Penn State and one of the most famous football players in the history of the game, whether or not you were on the 1978 team. <sighs> what, what that, how'd that make you feel, Franco? I'm sorry, 1998 no, uh, team. 1998 no. team. He, just to be clear, he, no, no. He, the, Mark Emmert asked you whether or not you were on the 1998 well, team. Well, How'd that make you feel? Well, like John, he thought that, uh, uh, you know, that I looked almost 30 years younger. <laughs> he has no idea. Well, that's my right? point. My, that's my point is how clueless the guy is. It, I mean, for you to think that Franco Harris – you, that means you're not even a sports fan. You don't even know who Franco Harris is. Right. I mean, well, he knew who Franco was. He was clearly afraid of you, Franco. He ran out the door afterwards. I mean, you you literally had to chase him down. I mean, he ran out of bounds faster than you did during your playing days. I mean, he, Frank, Mark Emmert was terrified of you. Uh, and unfortunately, because of technical reasons, we didn't get the, it fully documented. But to me, I, the reason why I tell the story of him thinking that you were on the 1998 team 
is it shows, as Liz points out, how utterly clueless this guy was about the nature of the situation and that therefore his actions on this are not to be taken seriously. Is that, is that, was that your takeaway from your confrontation with Mark Emmert? Well, John, it was, you know, his actions were very uh, disappointing, but, you know, if they don't want to, you know, you know, face certain questions and, and certain reality that, uh, uh, that, you know, like, I guess, I'll put it this way, that they're running away from something, right? If he wasn't running away from me, I, you know, I can't say, you know, from me, but but he was running away from something. And uh, and and I think a lot of, you know, this information will, you know, bear to fruit that uh, how bad the NCAA was in their culpability in this and, and how they contributed to it and how, Mark Emmerich contributed to it, and uh, you know how the Big Ten contributed to it, uh, and 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 you know so there are a number of people and organizations that are going to have to uh, uh, face up to to what they did and how they handled it, and, and it's not going to be pretty, and uh, and and so there might be some more running away. <laughs> the future as we really start to get down to the nitty-gritty of this. I hope you're right, Franco. i got to ask you, Franco, you know, I, I have so much respect for the fact that you have been one of the only, if not the only, people that has risked anything to stand up for what you thought was right here. I've been disappointed that, that there have not been other former Paterno players who have done the same. Some have. Many have supported more silently but very few have ever uh, done anything close to what you have done publicly. Even some rather uh, big name people, people in the media wh- who played for Joe Paterno, uh, who, uh, in, in my view, caved to protect their own jobs and reputations. Why, why do you think it is that you're the, the only guy that has really stood up to the level that you have? And have you been disappointed that others have not stepped up in the same way? Uh, John, you know what? No, I haven't because, you know, like I've talked to a number of guys and, and, and like a number of guys are, you know, ready to help and, and, and uh, do what they can uh, when they can. And uh, uh, I, uh, I never, uh, reached out to a lot of the guys, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, sure, so, you know, you know, I would talk to some here and there, uh, but I didn't feel it was in my position to, to ask them to get involved just because, as you mentioned, what happened to me, where I was being attacked and uh, this and that was happening, and uh, no way do I want to put other guys other guys in that position. Uh, but uh, guys already, uh, 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 everybody I know, you know, feels the same way, uh, feels the same way about Joe. Uh, and and I feel that uh, when the time is right and when they have to, that uh, that they'll step up. 
Franco, that's why you're in the Hall of Fame, because you, you stand up to the being attacked. I have some experience in that. I work with a Hall of Famer on one of my shows, so I understand the integrity it takes to do what you're doing. And John has that, that same integrity. I'm sitting here because I believe and trust that John has done the work to bring forward and present. And he's been attacked terribly through all of this. I would expect the paternal family to be standing right next to John in a lot of this because they're, he's trying to help clear Joe's name. You have stood by John when, when you could have been ridiculed terribly for, for standing by John and probably have been. And how come? How come well, you like I've had him? people approach me about uh, what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, you know, got some pretty nasty phone calls, you know. About me? In particular? <laughs> no. You've had people, you've gotten nasty phone calls about your support of me? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, John, John. Well, well John. do share, please. <laughs> can, can you give us give us some insight into that, Franco? But, uh, uh, but, uh. But, <laughs> Come you know, on, not, Franco. Uh, You're not going to hold out but, on me, are you? But, but, you know, I'm not easily bullied. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so, like, I took care of it, John. <laughs> I didn't have to let you take care of it. You know, like, I took care of it. No. Well, well, Franco, I, I, I would love to hear more, but I do appreciate it. Um, I mean, I've told the story on the podcast, and I, and I, I, I can't even get through it uh, with, without getting choked up, although it probably uh, caused my, my life a lot more anguish than it needed to. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. But I've given you multiple opportunities to publicly throw me under the bus, and you refused to do so, including one time after Scott Paterno had chewed me out on the phone, and I thought, okay, this is the end. i I got to let Franco know that this is going to happen, that Fr- Scott and I are going to get into a, a major battle publicly, and I need to let Franco know that it's perfectly fine for him to to publicly throw me under the bus. I was hoping you would do so gently. <laughs> and uh, And as I was trying to say this to you, you interrupted me, and you said, John, John, I am independent you do what you need to do to find the truth. And I didn't fully understand where you were coming from on that until you told the story of hearing Joe Paterno on his deathbed and Joe Paterno asking you to find the truth. So now I fully understand why you had the depth of character and belief to respond that way. Now, if you hadn't done that, I probably would have been done with this case six years ago and my life would have been a lot better off. But... I do appreciate what you what you did there because nobody else in your position ever would have done that. You do understand that, right? There's no there's there's no other Franco Harris in the world that would have. Well, well like I guess I like I really don't like I'm not uh, in the world of you know uh, you and Liz. I mean that's like, I mean that's not my world, you know, and and uh, and you know so all this is uh, kind of kind of new for me, and, and like, there's no doubt, John, that you helped me a lot, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know, you showed me a lot, uh, you know, about the world and media and this and that, and, 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 uh, look, I had no clue what I was doing, no clue, I just, you know, knew that, uh, had to do something, uh, because of uh, what was happening, and and uh, had no roadmap, had no nothing but uh, 
when I look back, uh, you know what? When, you know what? When I look back, I you know, like I have some good memories of of, of those times that we were together. You know what I mean? And uh, and like a lot of times we didn't know what information was what, getting this and that. Uh, but that was but that was all part of it, and. And and it's been a challenging, rough ten years, but I wouldn't change anything. You know that I uh, really wouldn't. Well, I I appreciate that, Franco, and and uh, you know your your support has meant a lot to me. I would not be on this journey still to this day if you were not there. If you hadn't stood up, I don't think anyone else would have. And so you deserve an awful lot of credit for that. There's nobody else in your position that would have done that. Uh, you know, like I said, this, this has been one of the worst experiences of my life by far. And I've had a lot of bad experiences. But the one positive is getting to know you and becoming friends with you. And I really appreciate uh, that part of this whole saga. And I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not done yet. You still owe me a round of golf, by the way. You've been ducking me oh, on I golf. I can't wait. I can't wait. Really? You you've been ducking Man. me on the golf course for challenge. years. For years he's been ducking me on the no, golf no, course. No, like this is no, this is a challenge and I can't wait. He's now pretty you good. Didn't mention that. Now you got me all riled up. <laughs> you know that? Man, I'm like ready to go out there. I, you know, oh, man, why'd you do that? Good luck. Good luck with that, Franco. Um but by the way, just before we leave you, uh I for the record, uh, and this goes to, I think, our mutual respect. Uh, I have been exceedingly uh, sensitive towards your position and how much flack you've taken here. So I have never in any way, shape or form uh, asked you, pressured you to come out in favor or to express your, your opinion that Jerry Sandusky is actually innocent. But for the record, you have been uh, you have been outspoken that you believe that Jerry Sandusky be- deserves a new trial. Could you expound on why you believe he, he deserves a new trial? Oh, I think uh, he he does because even some of the things I've watched, it, it, it people are just not coming out with the whole truth, and I don't know why people are holding back, and uh, I, I I just don't uh, I just don't understand, and and. Uh, but the one thing I know, uh, uh, John, is that, and this is a big part of it, that nothing happened that night at Penn State. We all know that. And and uh, just based on that, just makes you think, okay, what about all this other stuff? You know what I mean? Well, uh, let's stop right there for a second, Franco, because it's really important. What you just said is so significant. If you blow apart the Mike McQuarrie story, he's the only witness. And if the prosecution is willing to lie about that, and Mike didn't even have a direct, at the beginning, financial self-interest in this, then it ought to at least make everyone question, hold on a second, so these anonymous stories where they all got paid multi-multi-million dollars with no actual direct evidence ought to at least be held to a higher level of scrutiny and that that scrutiny did not happen at the time because we were in a moral panic and seven months after Joe Paterno gets fired, Jerry Sandusky is already on trial and the community is inflamed and it becomes a Salem witch trial. So, so that's a path. I, I, I don't want to you know speak for you, but 
that's a path you can see clearly now, right? Well, well, you know, like I'm just uh, saying, John, and we, you know, we talked about this before that uh, uh, th- that you know both of our fights are connected. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, and and so where light is shown in one could shine light on the other. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, you know, but like, as I mentioned to you that, uh, you know, all my energy and focus is with Joe Paterno. And if, and if, and if you could shine, you know, a different light on what's happening with Jerry, so be it. And just like you do think with Jerry, it could show light on something about Joe. And, and you do acknowledge, Franco, that at this point, the only realistic way for the public to acknowledge that Joe Paterno is exonerated is for Jerry Sandusky to be perceived as innocent, right? You understand that from a basic human perspective. Well, well, well like as I said, you know, uh, uh, you know there, that there is connections to it, uh, but as I... You know, tell you also that that my focus is is Joe, and I'll just say, of course, that. of course, it is, and, and I get and, that. And and, and 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 if some of that focus, you know, sheds light on Jerry, then and 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 you see that light, uh, then it's you know something 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 to connect. But uh, you know, you know, but my whole focus and, and like direction is is uh, is Joe Paterno. Understood. Franco, uh, thanks so much for your time and your insights, and I'm sure we'll continue to uh, keep in touch on all of this. And um, uh, and if you do start your podcast, make sure you get a, a really good editor. Would you? Would you do that for me? <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I'm not sure what I need. <laughs> we'll help but, you, but Franco. Thanks for those suggestions. <laughs> We'll, we'll be glad to help in any way we can. No, mm-hmm. Frank, Franco, you're you're awesome as always. Uh, very much appreciate it. Liz, anything else you want to? No, I just want to say thanks, Franco, and thanks for uh, being strong. And 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 you know what? Thanks for supporting John along the way. Um, I've sat here and we've done this podcast, and he's been emotional as he's done this. He constantly tells me how many people have let him down. I've expected people to be in his corner who are anything but in his corner. So um, I know to have a voice of, of reason and um, I think reality, like you, is, is really um, important and special to him. So on his behalf, I say thank you because he really has thrown his life into this. Well, you know, as I uh, mentioned, it's you know, like the last 10 years, it's been a, uh, a great journey of, you know, getting to know John and, and you know, work with him and his energy and, and his passion and, uh and, uh, you know, we still, but we've realized we still have work to do. And, uh, and, and uh, what I like about it is that the energy is still high. The energy is still there, that the you know, search for the truth is still there. So, uh, and, and so once again, you know, every now and then you uh, need to get pumped up and, and, uh, and talking, you know, uh, with you, Liz and John, um, pumped up again. You know? <laughs> That's good. And uh, and and so, 
we don't know when it's when it's going to come to an end, but uh, uh, but we feel right now that uh, both of us feel that time for the next chapter, and let's go ahead now and write that. <laughs> 